0: Hey, good morning. Man, I'm so glad y'all are here this morning. I'm so glad to be here. If you're a guest and this is your your first time, listen, we so appreciate that. We know how much effort it took to go to a place where you really don't know anybody. So listen, we're so glad that you're here with us this morning. And if you are a guest, if you're new here, I'm not the regular preacher. I'm the uh, irregular preacher. That's who I am. And so uh, Pastor Kurt is preaching at a friend's uh, church this morning in, in Loganville. But if you are a guest and or you missed last week, um, our church family was hit very hard with the tragic loss of, of Kenny Hansen, And um, man, it was hard. It was very hard. It's been a very difficult, difficult week. Uh, we were faced last week with the brokenness of our world, right? We live in a broken world, and uh, even believers suffer, and even believers struggle. And man, we were faced with that. And also, too, um, from what I've heard, a lot of us were faced even with our own brokenness. Man, that sort of shook some things loose in some of us. And maybe... um, You're not sure what I'm talking about. When I talk about being broken, and I hope everybody in here, you realize that you're broken, but hopefully because you're here, you're being redeemed and that brokenness is even being redeemed. But maybe you're not sure what I mean. Let me, let me say it like this. The person that frustrates me most in life is me I'm telling you, and the person that I have the most problems with in life is, is me. talking about that kind of brokenness, my broken thought patterns, my my broken habits, my my past and and present hurts and and sin issues that I'm still putting to death, that type of brokenness. But, But what about you? But because you're here this morning, I think you have some hope that, you know what, things can be better than they are and that your life could be better. That your world could be better. And and because you're here, you know what I believe about some of you? Some of you are hoping to finally be free. You're you're finally wanting to be free of alcohol, maybe, or drugs, or or porn, or anxiety, or or fear, or codependency, or, or whatever it may be. Some of you are here this morning, and you just want to be free of the brokenness that just chases you, and hounds you, and pounds you. But also, too, because you're here, it tells me something else. It either tells me this, you believe in Jesus. Man, you believe in Jesus. You believe there's life in Jesus. You believe there's freedom in Christ. You believe there's forgiveness of sin in Christ. So that tells me this. But also, to some of you are here, and maybe you're saying, no, I'm just going to give Jesus a chance. I've heard about Jesus. Someone's been telling me they've been praying for me, and you're here this morning. And the truth is, you're just wanting to give Jesus a chance. Well, know this about Jesus and brokenness. Jesus always steps towards brokenness. Man, not away from it. Man, Jesus always steps into brokenness. If we allow him, he'll step into your brokenness and and, and not away from it. He's Matter of fact, he's drawn to brokenness. And I'll tell you this morning, I don't care what you've done, what you thought, where you've been. He's drawn to you. Man, he is drawn to you this morning. And I'll tell you something about Jesus. When Jesus enters the picture, man, Jesus changes everything. Man, it is impossible to walk with Jesus and and remain the same. It's impossible. So I I know brokenness. I, I may not know your exact brokenness, but I know this. There's no addiction so strong that he can't break it. And there's no depression so dark he can't shine through it. And there's no problem so big that he can't fix it. And there's also no destruction that he can't redeem. That's what I know about Jesus this morning. Now, this morning, we're going to look at a woman who's broken. We're going to look at a woman. uh, Maybe she's gone from one relationship to another relationship, maybe uh, been abused, maybe struggles with discouragement and maybe even sex addiction, and she believes in God. That's who we're going to look at this morning. It's in uh, John chapter 4, and we'll start with verse 7. Jesus and the disciples have been traveling, and Jesus sits down to rest. And the disciples are going to a town to buy some food, and that's where we're going to pick up. So when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? So again, his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate. With Samaritans. Now, Samaritans were not liked by the Jewish people. They were a mixed race when they were in captivity. They were a mixed race between the Assyrians and the Jews. Now, just because this is mentioned in Scripture doesn't make it right. No, this is just racist, hateful sin is what this is. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 8, the Pharisees called Jesus a Samaritan. They know he's not. They knew his parents. They know he wasn't a Samaritan. It was a derogatory term. Well, this lady, she's shocked. Cause Jesus would even speak to her because she's noted she knows they're hated by the Jews. Matter of fact, even a devout Jewish man would not even speak to his own wife in public, much less a Samaritan woman. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, Man, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself and, and did also his sons and his livestock? And Jesus said this, anyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. but Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a string of water welling up to eternal life. Now, what you need to understand, and some of you already do, he's talking about eternal life here. He's talking about abundant living. He's talking about freedom from addiction. He's talking about freedom from the pain of depression. He's talking about a a life free of anxiety. He's talking about being made right with God and experiencing the fullness of the Spirit. He's talking about the fruit of the Spirit dwelling in him and not anger and, and bitterness, but no joy and peace and all that goes with the Spirit. That's the kind of life he's talking about. And the woman said to him, Sir... Give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. I'm going to say something so cool, Kurt just wishes he could say it. She's not picking up what he's laying down, you know. That's right. You can quote it. He told her this. This is what Jesus said. She's not. She isn't. She isn't getting it. Here's what Jesus says. Go call your husband and come back. And she said, I have no husband. And Jesus said, none is true in what you say. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you're now living with is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. I guarantee you right there in this conversation, there was a pause. Maybe, maybe on her part, even a sting of this stranger no one. But I'll tell you what entered the conversation. His conviction entered the conversation. And, and don't think this is an ugly thing. No, this is, this is the most beautiful thing that could have happened in this conversation. Because you've got to understand, conviction precedes uh, confession. Conviction precedes repentance. Conviction re, re, uh, precedes freedom in Christ. Man, with, without conviction of sin, man, there's none of that. Man, if you ever feel convicted of sin, praise God. That's just telling you, he has stepped into your brokenness. And he's telling you, I love you and I want to heal this. Now, don't run from conviction. run, Run towards it. She knows this man is different. Verse 19, sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied. Now, for all of you men that are newly married, that is not how we address women today. All right. Don't get in the car and go, woman. It'll be the last time you get in the car. All right. Woman, Jesus replied. Believe me, a time is coming when you'll worship the father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of the worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. And here's what the woman said. I know that the Messiah called the Christ is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I The one speaking to you am he. Man, could you imagine hearing those words? You know what? Most of us in this room, in some form or another, have heard those words. But can I tell you what else just happened in this story? Jesus turned the whole social order of the world completely upside down. Because not only did he just tell for the very first time that he was the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior of the world... To a woman, it wasn't a Jewish man, it wasn't a Samaritan man, it wasn't a Jewish woman. But he told a Samaritan woman that he was the savior of the world. He just turned everything upside down. The whole order of the world. Verse 28. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town. They made their way toward them. Listen to what happens. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of this woman's testimony. She had a brief conversation with the Messiah. She didn't know all the books of the Bible. She didn't know a whole lot. All she knows is she met a man that knew everything she ever did. And so when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves. And we know that this man is really the savior of the world. So what do we know about this lady? She was alone. She went at noon to get the water. That's not the time all the other women went to get the water. They always went in the evening when it was cooler. And she went, she went by herself because she didn't want to face the other women. She was ashamed. Now, you think about the other women. If she went in the evening when the other women were there, maybe it was their father that she slept with. Maybe it was one of their brothers that she, she took home to be her husband. Maybe it was, maybe it was a, a nephew, a son of a mom that was there. She went at a time when when nobody else was there. She was alone and she was ashamed. And so what was she doing? She was avoiding people. Now there's a lot of ways to avoid people. There, There are people at home this morning because they feel ashamed and they don't want to be here with you. But there's some of us in this room this morning, you're avoiding people even though you're here. And the way we do that is by wearing a mask. And we know we're going to the church and so what do we do we we put on the mask and the the mask just says hey everything's all right the mask has a smile the mask has this pure look on on the face or this happy look on the face when when the truth is everything underneath the mask is the exact opposite now you're looking at a professional mask wearer i i I know how to wear a mask i did it when i was the, the preaching pastor here for years i would wear a mask Man, my life was depressed, and I was suicidal in my thoughts. But you know what? I couldn't have y'all know that. So I put on a mask, and I'd preach a sermon. And then I'd, it would take me till Thursday before I could just recover from the exhaustion of just preaching twice because I was in such a wreck. And then I'd come, and I'd, I'd do it again on Sunday. And it, it was just a vicious cycle to where all of a sudden I, I couldn't do it anymore. I finally had to tell somebody. But for years, I thought, what would they think? What would they say if they saw behind the mask? And many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe it's not depression or anxiety. Maybe it's something else. What if if somebody knew that? Now, can I tell you something about your mask? It's really heavy, isn't it? Man, it's just getting heavier and heavier. And I'll be honest with you, too. it's been on so long, let's just be honest, it stinks. But the fear of taking that mask off and being known by someone is scary, so we just leave the mask on. We were never intended to wear these masks. Why did we start wearing masks? Who do we blame for that? I blame the Baptist, that's who I blame. <laughs> No, my son's Baptist, y'all. Pray for him. (laughs) So we know about her, alone, shamed. She's avoiding people. What do we know about Jesus? Jesus met her where she was. Married five times, living with a guy. Who knows what else was, was going on? Jesus met her where she was. He didn't say, you know what I need you to do? I need you to go back and change all that and then come back and see me can't even talk to you right now. I don't care that you're Samaritan. I just care that you're a sinner. I can't talk to you. He stepped into her brokenness. Right where she was. And he knew all about her. To the last detail. And we know eventually he saves her. He saved the woman who had been married five times and was now living with a guy. The gravity of her sin did not outmatch the grace of God. And I want want to say this again. It never outmatches the grace of God. And your sin does not outmatch the grace of God. Never does. Now, what does Jesus still do? He still meets us where we are. With mask on and everything. He meets us where we are. he has been in ministry quite a while. So I know some of these things are true. For some of you to come here today, it took a little extra effort. And I don't mean extra prayer. It probably took a hit from a bottle for you to be around some people today. Or it took another pop of a pill or it took something for you to be here today because your mask is so heavy. Can I tell you something? As you were drinking that, Jesus would have met you there. Some of you, your master's saying, you know, I was looking at porn just last night. Man, as you're clicking on that, can I tell you something? Jesus will meet you there. You felt the conviction. Can I tell you something? That's a beautiful thing because you know what? Jesus wanted to step into your brokenness even there. Man, your your depression is so great. I want to tell you something. Jesus wants to step into it. If If you're feeling that right now, man, that is the Spirit saying, I love you. Jesus will meet you where you are. He knows all about you. And you're thinking, "God, I know, quit saying that. No, it's a beautiful thing. He knows all about you. you think, golly, there's no way. If he knows all about me, well, won't that overwhelm the love of God? I love what Tozer says. He says this, my sin does not overwhelm the love of God. Man, the love of God overwhelms my sin. Whew. First John, uh, it was already, the Lord read it this morning. It says, if we confess our sins, this, this is proof. Man, he's faithful and just. He'll forgive us our sins. He'll purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, the love of God overwhelms our sin. So what can we learn from this this morning? How you are today does not need to be how you finish your life on this earth. Man, whatever you're struggling with right now, that doesn't have to define you. That doesn't have to determine your tomorrows. That doesn't have to say, this is how I am. No. This lady was not the same as she was. Man, Jesus gave her a new beginning. We all want new beginnings, right? How many of y'all are doing really well with your New Year's resolutions? Raise your hand. Everybody else is completely broken in this room. You know what? We all want a new beginning, right? You can leave here today with a new beginning. You don't have to wait till January 1st. You can do it here January 18th at um, 1141. Right here today in this moment, you can have a new beginning. You do not have to be the same forever and ever. You don't have to do that. Jesus changes everything. When he steps into your brokenness, man, at that moment, you begin to change. Because I think I've said it already. It's impossible to walk with Jesus and to remain the same. This lady's life was used for unholy purposes, so let's be honest. Our lives were used for unholy purposes. And two different people use our lives for unholy purpose. There are people that have victimized people in this room. Whether that's through some form of abuse, sexual abuse, whatever it may be. And I don't think you, we can say this enough. If that happened to some of you in here to me, tell you this right now, that was not your fault and that was wrong. That was not your fault and that was wrong. And you know what? And that does not have to define you either. But also too, we've used our lives for unholy purposes. She did it, we've done it. But you know what? Our lives now can be used for holy purposes. Our lives can be used for holy. I want you to let that sink in. Listen, the, the whole reason you're still alive on this earth, one is you've not heard the gospel, to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then once you've heard the gospel, to be a vessel of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That I mean, that is your, your holy purpose. Listen, he, she probably felt like the least likely person to go to her village and say, hey, go tell them about me. I bet if she was the only one there, and she was. The disciples were there. What if Jesus stood up and said, Hey, I I need one of y'all to go to Samaria and and tell them about me. I guarantee you her hands went in her pocket. Or behind her robe, whatever you want to call it, you know. She probably felt like the least likely person. She went. I don't think we could have stopped her. Come meet a man who told me everything I ever did. Maybe he's the Messiah. As a church family and, as, and personally, we have suffered a lot of loss and a lot of brokenness in our life. And we can name all the issues and then we could just name all the illnesses and sicknesses and there's suicide and there's cancer and all this. And without the purpose, without the holy purpose of living for the Lord and telling other people about Jesus Christ... Why be here? It's, you talk about something that stinks, that's rotting. It's this world. But man, the joy comes when we live for the Lord and then we get to tell somebody else about the Lord. You're thinking, there's no way, I don't know enough. She knew nothing. All she knew is she met a man that knew everything she ever did. Can I tell you, it could be as simple as this. Hey, guys, I, I, I'm walking out of sin. And I'm learning how to walk with Jesus. will not you come with me? Why, why, why don't you do that? Hey, I, hey, I, I found a church family, and, and we're, we're learning about Jesus, and I'm going to tell you something. I don't know a whole lot about it. All I know is I'm different. Or maybe you're ready. Hey, I've met Jesus, and I want you to know Jesus. It doesn't take a whole lot of knowledge to invite somebody to something that's changing your life. Her life became an expression of God's grace. Jesus meets her where we are so that through our testimony, we'll bring other people to Jesus. Helping people walk out of brokenness. That's what we do over and over and over again. Man, we can see the fingerprints of Satan and we can see the, the results of the fall everywhere we look. We don't have to look beyond our own self. But Christ redeems. Christ restores. Christ rebuilds. And Christ uses us to do that in other people. So you tell people, I'm learning to walk with Jesus. I'm learning how to walk out of sin and walk with Jesus. I'm the pastor of Celebrate Recovery. And a lot of people go, what is Celebrate Recovery all about? Isn't that just for alcoholics and drug addicts? About 20% of the people that come there are that. Can I just tell you what we do over and over again in one sentence? We just are helping people walk out of sin and walk with Jesus. Man, we're helping people walk out of depression and walk with Jesus. I mean, over and over and over again. That's just what we do. You know what? That's what you're doing as a church. That's what you're doing as a church. Man, we're coming together. Man, there's an encouragement of walking in the room together. Even though we had masks on, you don't feel alone. There's other people that are following Jesus. Helping us, each other through the encouragement. Walk out of our brokenness by walking with Jesus. And maybe that's your story. Can I tell you this? You're just at the beginning of what God can do in your life. I don't care if you've been walking with Jesus 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. You're just at the beginning of what God can do in your life and, and through your life. Now, how do we not forget this? How do we? Because here's what's going to happen. We're going to leave here in just a few moments. We're, we're going to pray and, and sing a song and we're going to leave. And then there's lunch and then there's, there's afternoon naps or, or whatever your afternoon looks like. And then there's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And we come back Sunday, right? How do we not forget this? Because I'm going to tell you something. The enemy is going to steal this from you right now. we got to talk to ourselves. And I'm not talking to each other. I didn't say that. Yeah, we can talk to each other all the time. But you and I got to talk to ourselves. You, you get into the Psalms. And you, what you, see, you, you see the Psalmist going, hey, soul. Hey, self. Hey, bless the Lord. Hey, don't forget. You know, one of, one of my favorite verses is, is Psalm 103. And I love this because it, it just speaks to me. Because he's, you know what he's saying? Hey, talk to yourself. Here's what he says. He said, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Hey, soul, hey, bless the Lord. Hey, don't forget all his benefits. Who forgives all our iniquities or sins, whatever your translation is. Who who heals all our diseases. Who who redeems our life from from destruction. Who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies our mouth with good things. So our strength will be renewed like like eagles. You know what he's saying? Hey, soul, don't, don't forget this. Can I tell you, in part of your quiet time, you need to be talking to God and you need to be talking to yourself. And, and, and I don't mean like um, where you make people worry about you. But you need to be reminding yourself, man, as soon as you get discouraged, as soon as you start getting tempted, hey, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I'm forgetting not all his benefits. Bless the Lord. Don't let Satan rob you of this. In this story, this lady started out alone. You know what? She was no longer alone. She had a right relationship with the Father. And now the people that used to use her are now her brothers in Christ. The people maybe that used to avoid her are now her sisters in Christ. And you know what she has now? She has a whole group of people that she's walking out of brokenness with and walking with Jesus. She's no longer alone. You no longer have to be alone. You no longer have to hide. One thing all of us have in common in this room is sin. We've all done it and we all struggle with it. And one other common thing we have in common is we all constantly need the grace of Jesus Christ. And we need each other. We need each other. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know what your story is, but there's somebody here that gets it. And if you're you're not ready to share it with somebody here, come out Thursday night. We have groups of people that meet with each other according to whatever the the struggle or the addiction or the pain or whatever it may be. And I'll tell you, you don't have to, to be alone. Or go to your growth group. Go to your better man group. Man, talk to somebody there. You don't have to be alone. In just a moment, we're going to pray. And I want to invite the prayer team, if you're in here, to come on down. And what I want to tell you is this. What Jesus did for the Samaritan woman, he'll do for you. Because he's been doing it every day, throughout every day, since this happened. What he did for her, he'll do for you. Let him meet you where you are. Father, I thank you so much for um, not treating us as our sins deserve. But, Father, while each one of us felt like the chief of all sinners, man, you died for us. You died for us. So that, Father, we could know grace, that we could know abundant life, that we could know forgiveness of sin, that we could know what holy community feels like, what it's like to be right with you and to be right with each other. And so, Father, then we could have a holy purpose to help other people to walk out of brokenness and learn how to walk with you. So Father, I just pray, God, you would help us this day. Help us this day to take off masks and find the freedom that's found in Jesus Christ. It's in his name I pray, amen.